Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Monday, October 30th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, what to expect on Speaker Johnson's first full week in the job. Number two, what we're watching this week. And number three, the latest from the canvas. K Street leaders are bullish on a government shutdown. All right, Jake, let's get into it. All eyes are on the House uh, and kind of the first series of tests that uh, Mike Johnson, as Speaker, is going to be facing, uh, in particular when it comes to Israel. Yeah, that's right. Um, so a couple interesting things. Uh, Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, made a um, a trip to his first trip to, to, was to uh, uh Vegas this weekend, Las Vegas, for the RJC's uh, annual confab. This is the Republican Jewish Coalition, a big event in American politics, a big event for um, especially members of the House um, uh, and members of the Senate, also presidential candidates. So I guess it's a big it's a big trip for anybody. But uh, he this was this obviously comes as Israel is in a increasingly um, uh, brutal war against Hamas and Gaza and, and in Israel itself. Um, this is a, uh, a was a big moment for Johnson, who had just become speaker earlier last week, but now he has legislating to do. This week will be a lot about Israel. Uh, they uh, The House is out until Wednesday. I guess, Anna, the uh, leadership is giving some trick-or-treating time to to members of Congress and their kids uh, this week. Tomorrow's Halloween. Um, but uh, a bunch of stuff happening on the Israel front. Let me run down quickly. We might see Jack Lew, the uh, Biden administration's ambas- uh, nominee to be ambassador to Israel, uh, confirmed or moving toward confirmation, let's say. You never know in the Senate. Uh, the House is again back Wednesday. They will move resolutions on anti-Semitism, new sanctions on Iran oil sales, legislated, and also legislation sending four 14 billion plus to Israel. Now, the interesting thing here is, Anna, and this is, again, this is Mike Johnson's first week, but they are offsetting this money. They are looking for budget cuts elsewhere to offset the $14 billion they're sending to Israel. This is unusual, to say the least. We have not, you know, emergency spending of this nature um, is typically not offset. We don't see that often. Now, you can make arguments about whether that's right or wrong. I, I, uh, We're not here to make those arguments. It's just unusual, and it has implications kind of across the board. Number one, um, it will. It, it's designed to maximize the GOP vote on the republic the, on the on the package and to splinter Democrats. I guess uh, uh, that they think that's a worthwhile political goal. I don't. I'm not gonna again get it, take a position on that. But uh, it also will complicate things in the Senate. Now, if the House passed an Israel aid package, 14 billion dollars straight up, it would splinter the Senate. It would put the Senate in a jam because. Um, they they want to couple Ukraine and Israel, and they um, if if they if they just did this straight up, there would be more difficult to couple Ukraine and Israel. So I, that's just another another way to think about this. Another this is just it's 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 a uh, a longer game here for for the the Republican leadership that they I don't know I, I'm not sure that they're considering or not considering, but uh, the point is this is going to by offsetting this this is going to 
create an interesting situation with the Senate, which will then decide how they have to move on this. They could feasibly pass it, depending on what the the what the offset is and we'll have to see what the offset is because the that will be who knows maybe maybe it's an offset that's pretty um uh, uh acceptable and the senate takes it i don't know the answer to that number two maybe it's an offset that they can't take and they strip the offset and send back the bill with ukraine money that would be a tough position for um uh House Republicans and the House generally, but listen, I the one interesting thing, and I'll leave it on this end. I'll I'll kick it to you, but Mike Johnson has sounded a lot more bullish on Ukraine funding than a lot of Republicans and Democrats expected. He he said on TV a couple days ago uh, in one of his first interviews with Fox, he's done two interviews with Fox, that um, he is for Ukraine aid. He said that in some way. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic. We'll have to see how this how this shakes out. What do you think, Anna? Yeah, I think two things. Well, one, I think it's super interesting to see where we are starting to see the contours of how a Mike Johnson speakership lines up in terms of not only his own conference, but what is the relationship that he is going to have with Senate Republicans? And I think the bigger thing is how much are they willing to trust Johnson and his leadership, right? Because it's going to be figuring out what that offset is. It's an interesting kind of you know intellectual exercise potentially. But as you say, unusual, typically uh, emergency funding is not. Uh, ha- does not have an offset, um, you know, and I think it's it's a you know if he if they are able to successfully do this strategy, I, you know, does that change how Republicans are going to look at other disaster aid that potentially might be needed, whether it's relief from you know disasters uh, in the U.S. or if it's other you know kind of supplementals that are going to be needed for Israel funding, um, just going to be something to watch there. And then I think the bigger question is. Johnson, who basically has no relationship with with a lot of the Senate Republicans, you know, are they there? There's a debate internally in the Senate Republican conference, certainly led by Mitch McConnell, um, who wants to include Ukraine money. Right. That's a fundamental different perspective than what Johnson has said, whether he's maybe not quite as bearish as some of the other Republicans in the conference on you know, Ukraine funding in general. I do think it is worthwhile to watch uh, on that end. And just, you know, kind of uh, these world conflicts, you know, they can't they can't wait forever. Right. They need to be moving fast on this, um, you know, and at the same time trying to figure out government funding. So it's, you know, how can they walk and chew gum at the same time? I will say one other thing on that, Anna. It's it's a it, the it's a, the idea of legislation standing on its own and being considered on its own is definitely gaining currency in the House and Senate. Like there for a long time, it, it was much easier to and you, you, you and I have covered this for years, right, to lump a bunch of things together and pass it because it just made more sense. I would say that is becoming out of vibe, like, I don't know, <laughs> out of popularity um, in the House and Senate where they're like, OK, these are might be related in some way, but they are two different issues, you know, so I think that's interesting. All right, let's go to the number two story of the morning. What to watch this week? There are a bunch of key issues beyond just the Israel um, legislation and funding challenges that Johnson is going to face. Number one of which, Jake, potentially three privileged resolutions that could come up in the House. Uh, These include an expulsion motion against Representative George Santos. Um, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene's resolution to censure Representative Rashida Tlaib uh, over her comments on Israel and Becca Balint's censure motion against MTG. So uh, 
all, you know, I mean, that's coming as he's trying to deal with a lot more of the kind of substance of, of legislating. So meet the old boss, same as the uh, meet meet the old meet the new boss, same as the old boss. I'm sorry, it's early. Um, three privilege resolutions: George Santos, uh, Rashida Tlaib, and MTG. Uh, this is you know we're in the tit for tat Congress. Um, I, I, you know, remember an expulsion motion requires a two thirds vote. I don't know whether uh, George Santos will be expelled. I, I, for some reason doubt it, but I, I couldn't, I wouldn't put any money on that. Um, the, he hasn't been convicted. The last person to be expelled was, uh, uh, Jim Traficant after he was convicted. Um, Rashida Tlaib, this is Israel related. We'll have to see. I think the Michigan delegation will probably stand against uh, that resolution. And uh, uh, Becca Ballant of Vermont going against MTG for going against Rashida Tlaib. Listen, they they could have they they could have had some of these things last week um, uh, come up, especially the MTG motion, which um, uh, was filed last week, but they let it lay over for two legislative days. Johnson on a House Republican call last night said uh, he'd prefer to he'd prefer to beat Democrats on policy than on this stuff, I guess. Um, so you know, this is this is what this is where the House is going. Um, it is. I wouldn't say a sideshow, but it is a sideshow, but it's become the main action, the main attraction. So uh, a couple other things to note, Anna, um, House Republican Conference has scheduled an election to replace Mike Johnson as the vice chair on November 8th. November 7th is the candidate forum. Um, that will be a big moment. And here's something interesting, I thought. Um, Max Miller, uh, Republican of Ohio, is trying to change the motion to vacate to uh, a threshold of 112 uh on either side of the aisle. Um, this is just shows the lingering frustration over McCarthy being pushed out. So uh, that is at least a little bit interesting to me. All right. And on to the number three story of the morning, the K Street canvas. Most K Street leaders, Jake, 82%, say they, they, are, they believe it is likely there is going to be a government shutdown between now and January 2024. Uh, as a reminder, of course, uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy was ousted for his role as speaker over his decision in September to negotiate a continuing resolution with Democrats to keep the federal government open. And that CR expires in just 18 days on November 17th. Yeah, Anna, the government, I, <laughs> this is something, we, this is unknowable at the moment. Um, the um, November 17th, which is now what, 18 days away? I forget how we count this. I usually, you know, Anna, when we do the days away, I usually plug it into days between dates online. <laughs> so I don't have the time to do that right now. Um, the question, yesterday on Mornings with Maria, that Sunday on Mornings with Maria, which is a, um, a Fox News show, Johnson said that he will put, he wants to try to finish the business, the work of the house, the appropriations bills, uh, this week or this before the November 17th deadline. But if he can't, he won't. And he'll look at a CR. That's kind of <laughs> that, that. So I, I would say assume there's a CR. I don't think the government shuts down this time. Next time. I, I don't know. I don't feel confident about this, but it will shut down at some point. Um, but listen, our canvas, <laughs> our canvas participants are usually more right than me. So maybe I'll go with them. 
Well, what is interesting, senior staffers on Capitol Hill were generally aligned with K Street on the likelihood of a shutdown when we asked them the same question in September, when 92% predicted there would be a shutdown this year. So we will be uh, covering all of this, and particularly if there is shutdown, of course. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also go deeper on everything we talked about this morning and more by signing up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.